like it or not but since you downloaded it i'm going to assume that you actually do like it we will send the people with the nets and the jackets that zip in the back shortly because nobody understands why you would like it hi i'm michael and yes i'm actually waving at my microphone and i'm lou and lou will vouch for the fact that i'm waving at my microphone yes he's very animated again today we're gonna get a good one today Nah, i wouldn't go that far now and we have gathered together this week to tell you that eighth grade biology is officially controversial it is indeed (laughs) Now, we're going to do things slightly different from what we would normally do. Normally, we would have big, long devotion, eating up all the time, which we know you love, and then real quick wrap-up and then a look at the thing that we're talking about. Today, that's going to be a little bit more equally divided, where we are going to have a much shorter devotion. And the reason we're having a shorter devotion is this shouldn't be hard. Like, like really? This shouldn't really be controversial? Um, I have preached through this verse, and I cover or these two verses that we're going to look at today, and I actually covered them along with like 30 other verses that day, <laughs> because this is just not something that should be controversial. But unfortunately, it's 2021, and whoever out there is out, whoever is out there saying, how dumb can this world get? Stop saying that. They're taking it as a challenge, okay? <laughs> Please, for the love of God and all that is holy, say, how much smarter can the world be? We need it. Desperately. Now. <laughs> Reverse psychology never I, We got to try something. <laughs> We've got to try something. I was joking about a year ago saying we've signed up for all the dumb. And apparently I didn't realize just how much dumb there actually was to sign up for. Because I, I, I thought we were there and, and then it got dumber. Yeah. And I thought that was it. And then it got dumber. And then I thought that was it. And you know what they did? They got dumber. And I just, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to start listening to bad British television just so I can hear something that sounds intelligent. That's where I'm at. Me and the BBC sitting there at home going, oh, yes, jelly hoo, yeah, ha, ha, ha. All right. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. All right, you ready? Here's the uncontroversial thing, because it's obvious in Scripture. Man is made in the image of God by God's decree. Okay? You are made in the image of God because God decreed and accomplished this. There's literally not another reason. God has done this, not you. The psalmist tells you in Psalm 8, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you take care of him? Yet you've made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. There's the second part of this verse. Man has been given dominion over creation in service to God. Right. I'm struggling to try to say something profound here because... It's pretty straightforward. It is. We were created for a purpose. And that purpose is to exercise dominion on behalf of God in service to God Mm -hmm. because we are, if you want to be somewhat technical, we are the viceroys. We are, we are the lieutenants, if you want a military analogy. You know, we are, we are second in command here. We have been given a charge by the one who has authority and dominion and told, now you have authority and dominion on my behalf. Don't mess it up. <laughs> what could go wrong? Right. That's the first thing that's going to happen, <laughs> obviously, because we, we've read the book. So. Yeah. Well, we, we read ahead. Now... Verse 27, God created man in his own image. 
In the image image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is one of those obvious things. All right. Well, I shouldn't say this is not an obvious thing. This is one of those debated things that um, I'm playing with the laser pointer. I have a new little stick to point around with. So, ooh, laser pointer. I'll be chasing that dot. (laughs) If you hear thuds, it's Lou trying to get the dot. All right. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is the Cliff's Notes version of creation. Yeah. Like, remember when you were in college and you didn't want to read the whole book and you went to the library and you're like, Cliff's Notes of Moby Dick, Cliff's Notes of To Kill a Mockingbird. So instead of all 300 pages, you got like a 50-page summary with notes. So you're like, I can act like I read the book. It was one step better than watching the movie to do your report. Right. <laughs> Grandkids do that. <laughs> I'm not going to read To Kill a Mockingbird. It's like an hour and 45 minutes with Gregory Peck. I'll just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work with things like The Stand because it might actually be quicker to read the book than watch the like the 97-hour miniseries. Yeah. And it definitely doesn't work with Gone with the Wind because I can't stand that woman in that movie. Cameron has tried to make me watch that movie, and we forever joke. I'm like, that movie is 84 and a half hours long. And she's like, it's four. It feels longer. Yeah, my wife and I, we enjoy that movie together. It's like one our thing. We'll stay up all night and watch it every once in a while. Pray for Lou. <laughs> Yeah, that and what's you the other? You should have seen the look I just got, people. Oh <laughs> For once, God. I get to give the look. I got the look. There's, it's that and what's the other one? North and South, which has like Patrick Swayze in there. It, it, I and again, it's it's like 12 one. hours yeah. long, and I'm like, no. It's probably wonderful. I can't do it. Yeah, I just I just can't do I it. I don't watch North and South. I'm not, not even a little bit. So now, Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is the Cliffsnose version. Right. It's, it's quick. God created man in his own image, given them dominion. God created them, male and female, he created them. The expanded account is in Genesis chapter 2. So let's read that because right. it doesn't do us any good to stop at the Cliffsnotes. So real quick, let me catch you up. God has made man, he has made Adam, placed him in the garden, and brought all the other land animals of day 6 before him to find a helper suitable to him. And what do you know? There isn't one. Right. So... Rule of thumb, guys, a dog is not your best friend. Man's best friend is not a dog. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man. I got ahead of myself to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not a helper, a not found a helper suitable for him. The NASB really makes that hard to read, but it's a good translation, so... So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. And then he, God, took one of the man's ribs and closed up the flesh at the place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. Thus the man said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. See, that's your expanded version. Notice the special creation there of the woman. Notice what's going on. So women made in the image of God by God's decree, according to Genesis 1, 27. Male and female, he created them. So when God forms the rib into the woman, it's not some bizarre thing. Although as someone who's been married for 17 years, I might argue some days that women are a bizarre thing. I'm sure they'd say the same about us. Probably, but there's a difference between us and them. Right. We're right. Okay. (laughs) We can say that when they're not around. (laughs) The difference between you and I, I'll say that when they are around. Uh And it gets me the look, and I am eternally grateful. The The flip-flops are flying at at Lou's house. deadly with them. Duck! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... So by, by decree, women are made in the image of God. When God fashions that rib into a woman, he is making a human being that also bears the image of God. The image of God is not part of gender. It is part of humanity. Right. So now, we're equal. Exactly. Right, when it comes to that. Right. But... We are equal in the sight of God in that regard. But whereas man is given dominion over the creation, woman is given the role of help in dominion over creation. Yeah, very good In service to God. So when the critters go awry in the Garden of Eden, it is not Eve's fault. It's Adam's fault. Mm -hmm. Not that the critters went awry in the Garden of Eden, but you get my point. When, When dominion is exercised incorrectly, 
That is Adam's responsibility. She's the undermarin manager. She's the assistant manager. She just does what the GM tells her. <laughs> yes. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I mean, look, look. Be a Karen for five seconds and argue with the cashier. What's the first thing the Karen wants to do? I want to speak to the. Manager. I want to speak to the manager. Yeah, let me talk to the manager. Yeah, I want to speak to the manager. You can't do it. anything. What I want, I want to speak to the manager. Oh. Congratulations! <laughs> In this creation order, Adam is the manager. Mm-hmm. Eve is the cashier. So what she is doing is supposed to be a help to the dominion work that Adam has been charged with. He is supposed to tend the garden, care for the animals, do all of those things, and she is to assist him in that endeavor. This is why when sin enters in, the woman is deceived. The man is in sin. And that's a distinction that Paul makes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, 1 Timothy, my brain just fried, 2 or 3. Read 1 Timothy, it will do you good. Because that's the argument Paul is making for the creation order as to why the office of elder is set aside for men. And I'm going to stop there because we're going to come to that in about a week or two. So okay. go ahead. I warned them yesterday, for uh-huh. those that downloaded yesterday, with going through the worldview, that the, uh, the the Southern Baptist Convention is coming up and I'm starting to make preparations. And that's going to be a big issue. Oh, sure. e- ecclesiology and the role of women in ministry. So I figured since I'm working through it in my own brain, getting myself ready for the stuff I'm going to encounter – Let's go through it with them, too. So we're going to be doing humanity for a couple of weeks. I think it'll be good for me, it'll be good for you, and it'll be good for you, too. And I'm pointing at the microphone now. I'll even use a little laser pointer at the microphone. Make sure. It's blinded. (laughs) If you're driving, I apologize. (laughs) Don't look at your phone. So this becomes an important distinction, though. So that's why it is Adam who bears the brunt of the blame. Well, not the brunt. Adam who bears the blame before God for sin. Mm -hmm. Eve is deceived. Because Adam, who was with her at the time, is not going, whoa, 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 time out. No, 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 no. You follow God. No, that's not the way we go here. He just goes along with it. That's not Eve's fault. That's Adam's fault. Guys, it's our fault. It is. It is our fault. When your children go awry, that is not your wife's fault. That's your fault. You should have beat them. The beating, shall, the beating shall continue until morale improves. Right. I, I say that jokingly, but in all seriousness, who often gets the work of child-rearing and discipleship of children pawned off on them? Oh, it's, it's definitely the mother. It's women yeah. every time yeah. because men are sitting over there going, oh, she's better with the kids anyway. I'm too busy. Yeah. No, no, no. Be better with your kids. Yeah. Be better with the kids at church. Think about this. If I need nursery volunteers, who do we get in church typically? Out of the women. You're gonna get women most of the time. I need somebody to teach the first and second grade classroom. Well, Matt, Matt, Matt does. Well, that does, but I'm not talking about just I'm not talking about just archers, but churches in general. Right. If you need volunteers for the first and second grade classroom in your church, who do you get typically? Yeah, well, it's definitely a lot of the women. Yeah, yeah. until you start getting up to maybe teenagers, yeah. guys are like, "What do you want me to do with it? Like, am I gonna hurt it if I touch it? What's going on?" Now, you want to see a classroom change? Put a guy in there. I had a friend of mine when I was in college who was literally fielding job offers his sophomore year. He was a 30-year-old former football player. He was about 6'3", about 240, 250. Good shape, then. Yeah, play with, was a defensive end. Okay. Well, um, what ended up happening to him is he went to college on a football scholarship, um, got a girl pregnant, had responsibilities, so he's like, I got to make some money and actually care for a family, so joined the Army, ended up with a medical discharge, and he's now doing college 12 years later, you know, with the GI Bill help and all of that. But the reason why he was fielding job offers his sophomore year is that guy that I just described you, tattoos on his leg, tattoos on his arm. I said 6'3", 250, big guy. Elementary education was his major. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Teachers were like, give me. Principals were like, I want that, that one. one. Yeah. He's like, I really like her at like third graders. And they were like, when can you start? Like, can you start tomorrow? <laughs> wow. Because you put that dude in the classroom, he's got no problems. Because all the little girls in the classroom fall in love with him, and all the dudes in the classroom are terrified of him. Right. Because they don't encounter. When was the last time you encountered a male elementary education teacher? Like a male second grade teacher. A male know. kindergarten teacher. And all, all I remember are, are ladies that, that taught me, and I don't remember... Man, I really don't. The, yeah. princi- the principal was a guy. But yeah, but that's it. Everybody else, it's... Yeah, I don't remember a, a guy being a teacher. Yeah, there are no roosters oh. in the hen house there. Oh, gym teacher. Gym, yeah. You get a gym. And then you get to high school, and the only, the only guys you've got are like what? Like history and English. Mm-hmm. 
and occasionally math and science. And you're like, what just happened? But not in grade, yeah, in grade school is more. more yeah, elementary school is, it's the women's convention. Yep. Now, that's because men look at it and they're like, I want no part of that. We should. That's literally the next generation. That is part of ministry and discipleship. I'm not telling you to become a woman, but I am telling you that caring for children and discipling them is not women's work. That's not a lesser than calling. It's the highest calling literally in creation mm -hmm. to steward and disciple the next generation. We, dis we divide that weirdly for reasons that I'm never going to understand. Yeah, and we, we pawn that work off. And then we want to sit back and be like, well, why didn't it work out right? Dude, what, did you, why, what do you mean why didn't it work out right? You put, him around a, you put your son around a bunch of women for 12 years of his life, and then you're surprised he acts like a woman. <laughs> what did you think he was going to do? Because what does every guy say, what does every dad say about his 10, 11, 12-year-old son? Go ask your mom. <laughs> I don't know. He gets hurt. We start giving him the man-up speech, right? Oh, yeah. Well, why isn't he right manning up? up? <laughs> well, what's, he been, what's he been exposed to his whole life? What's he been around? All the moms yeah. in every walk of life. He goes to the library. Who's working at the library 90% of the time? Women. Who's the teacher at school? Women. Who's the, who's the person at the cafeteria? Women. The only time he goes and sees a man at school or the rest of his days is when he's in trouble. <laughs> that is pretty true. Of <laughs> and then he comes, and and then he comes home and yeah. dad says what? Go ask your mother. Yeah, go ask your mom. So his whole world is built around women. And then we wonder why we have such a hard time teaching teenage boys to be men. We haven't exposed them to what it means to be a man and taught them rightly what it means to be a man. Leading your family, loving your wife, caring for neighbor, discipling, doing the hard things, standing up under pressure, you know, standing firm against the darkness. We haven't shown them all of these things because, go talk to your mother. Leave me alone, kid, you bother me. We don't even have dinner together anymore. You know what I mean? No, I know. Yeah, we don't even sit down at the table, put down the phones and all the electronic stuff. We don't do that anymore. All of this to show the corruption that sin brings. Men are supposed to be taking the lead and the initiative in all of these areas, but we're pawning that work off exclusively on the one that is supposed to be the helper. And I got news for you: she's not built to handle that responsibility. I'm gonna it, get, it is overwhelming. And I'm going to get in trouble with somebody for saying this. But we, Cameron and I joke about this on occasion. If you've listened to some of the podcasts where we talk about the news, she's actually made this joke about women before. But the vast majority of women are not mentally and emotionally, and that's the bigger key, built for the responsibility of leading and running things. Mm -hmm. They're just by nature. They're not. Men are, generally speaking, hear me when I say this. Generally speaking, men are less emotional, more logical, and more even-handed with people we disagree with. Okay. There's a reason why there's a lot more Karens in the world than there are whatever the guy version of a Karen is. I don't even know. I think I saw somebody say it's Neil, which I can get behind. Okay. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess it just depends on who... What kind of man you're dealing with? I mean, not everybody is is even, but it's a general. Ge as a general rule, as a general rule, if there's a problem, yeah. mo if you put a group of guys together to solve it, there's going to be a lot more logistical thinking mm -hmm. and a lot less kvetching. <laughs> I think that's a fair way well, to put it. We like to fix things. We do, sure. by nature. Yeah. And that's part of our creation mandate is to exercise dominion. Therefore, we are literally wired to fix the problem, to solve it, to make it work better. Mm -hmm. By their very nature, women are wired, how do I make this easier for you? And there's a difference between those two things. Men look at a problem for the most part and say, how do I make it work better? Women look at the problem for the most part and say, how do I make it better for you? That's the helping aspect. That's it. I'm, again, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but this is part of the implication of the differences between men and women. That does not make one better or worse than the other. It makes them more suited on the whole for specific tasks. And, 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 well, if all things are equal and working well in a family, the family operates at a much higher level. It's supposed to. Um, when the father steps up and takes his role and the wife is supportive 
and she takes her role. Um, my wife works harder than any two guys I know. Yeah, this has nothing you know? to do with how yeah. hard anybody works. This has everything to do with how they're wired for the job. Right. Right. This is, again, why women typically are much better with infants. And again, I'm not saying men should avoid infants. I'm just saying on the whole, women are better with infants because it is a more nurturing, caregiving time. The minute they start walking and running around, dad, get your butt in there as quickly as you can. Yeah. Because they one, they need it. That's one, they need you. You change diapers, do feedings if you're able to. See, yeah. I got off the hook on that. My wife breastfed both, and so mm-hmm. like they get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can help, huh? I, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm literally not wired for this. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> the plumbing doesn't work because she's like, I wish you could get up with them. I say, you know, so do I. <laughs> oh. oh, you probably got the look there, too. Oh, I got the look. Well, that's what I flat out just told her. Like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Grab the kid, lay down to bed, go back to sleep. I'm not going to be mad at you. I get it. Mm-hmm. When they're actually past this stage is when we'll worry about getting them into their bed. And we did. And for the most part, both of our kids slept in the bed in the middle of the night. You know, we, they would start in their bed. And then like two hours in, they'd end up in ours because it's time for, you know, midnight snack. And then, like I said, by six, seven months, that time in their bed was longer and longer. And nine, ten months, we were at, transitioned out. Don't panic. That's the biggest thing. Don't panic with stuff like that. I feel like we're doing a parenting lesson suddenly. Sounds like wasn't the goal, but I don't. How right. do we do this? Mm, well, well, I don't know either. I don't know. Now, the reason why though you see most again women predominantly dealing with infants is one because men don't know how to nurture. Typically, we've not been exposed to it, and women are better at that. Yeah, our dads weren't. <clears throat> no, like that. At least mine wasn't. No. My point would be though, that's your kid. Mm-hmm. Learn how to do some nurturing. Learn how to do some encouraging from an early age. It will do you good. And don't pawn that work off. Again, will she do the bulk of that work during that season of life? Yes. Should she do it exclusively? No. Why? Because when that family goes astray, that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You were to lead. You were to steward. You were to shepherd. You were to guide. In a kind way, though. Yes. That's the key. No, this is nothing to do with – when we say dominion, we don't mean you are the ruthless dictator. We mean you are operating in godliness. Remember, the dominion of Adam is is rendered as a service unto God, not as a a domination. Like don't think Genghis Khan. Well, that and the attitude in which you you do what you're responsible for. Uh, I know that – when my attitude is poor, like if I've had a bad day, I'm angry, it affects everyone it in the does. house. So I have to be really careful on how I present, you know, if I've had a bad day or not. Yeah, you should. That's part of guarding your heart. Right. Presenting yourself to the family in a way. Look, and there's nothing wrong with being in a bad mood because bad things have happened. But you know what you can do? Hey, guys, all right, give me a minute. Mm-hmm. Here's what's going on in my day. Here's why it's bugging me. So if I'm a little short, do me a favor. Just tell me I'm being a little short. And we'll start over, okay? Mm-hmm. I've had that conversation in my house. Right. It's a bad day. Yeah. That's part of explaining the world. Right. That's part of letting them understand that, hey, the things that go on in the world matter. But what we do here as a family is supposed to be protected. Right. And that's true whether you got kids or not. Absolutely. That's true whether you know you got kids, whether you got in-laws living in the houses. Making sure that you safeguard your Christian walk from the effects and the pressures of the world and explaining, excuse me, that that is something you struggle with. That's part of what we don't do well in our discipleship is showing the other people around us that, hey, I war against my flesh. I war against sin. We bottle that up. We toss it away. And then we expect somebody else whose job it isn't to explain to my kids how they walk the Christian life. That shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. Yeah. Now, why is this important? What we are talking about is the innate characteristics of humanity. So much for a shorter devotion, right? Right. 20, I mean, we 20 really plus got into it in. here. How does that happen? Well, it's an important <laughs> subject, though. It is. I mean, considering the world that we live in today, things are, I mean, they're off off the tracks, man. I mean, so right I think, is wrong and wrong is right. And, <clears throat> so what you're saying is we've gone off the rails on a crazy train? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Ozzy was right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, why do why does this matter? We're talking about an introductory step into complementarianism. Yes. The the complementary roles of men and women. So why do the similarities matter? Why is that important? Because both men and women are equal in the sight of God. They both bear the image of God. And we have talked about this before. I am of the conviction that 
humanity bears the image of God, rightly and wrongly. And what I mean by that is righteous Christians walking in faithfulness bear the image of God. Pagan sinners walking in their blasphemy are still image bearers of God, which means the image bearing work that we do is not necessarily found in our actions. It is found in the innate characteristics of what it means to be a human being, what it means to operate in community, what it means to have wrath what it means to be able to love, what it means to be able to encourage. These are, these are some of the ways. What it means to instill justice in a society. Even pagan cultures have an idea of justice. You know, Hammurabi has no idea about God, but he does know that if you steal something, you should have to pay it back. Right. He knows that if you kill people maliciously, you have forfeited your right to operate in a civilized society. That's part of the image of God, a sense of justice, a sense of right and wrong. Um, Just about every human society, even even polygamous human societies, have standards for treating spouses and and caring. Even pagan polygamous societies are like, hey, your 27 wives, treat them well. (laughs) What is that? That is an ex – that is an – what's the word? It just went right out of my head. A demonstration. Mm-hmm. There's a word. There's not. It's not. It's not the word example, and it's not the word demonstration. But there's another word that starts with a vowel, and I can't think of what it oh. is. That's what I was going yeah. for, and it just it was there. Yeah, it was and right gone. when I went to grab it, it ran away. It ran away. They they do that on occasion. Yeah. That is a demonstration of the fact that God, who is love and loves His creation and His children, has imparted to us the ability to love, right. even in a disordered sense. We are capable of love. Yeah, I've been studying ancient Near Eastern texts. Uh, I'm in an introduction to Old Testament. Because he's got that kind of free time. Yeah, <laughs> right. We read the dusty old books so you don't have to. Right. But <laughs> as, you, as you go through this material and you start reading about these cultures, you'll find out that a lot of their laws are very similar yes. to the ones that we have in our Old Testament. Now, that doesn't mean there's – and we covered this when we were going through the Ten Commandments on Sunday morning. So right, listen right. to the sermons. It will do you good. That doesn't mean there's borrowing – no, no, absolutely not. That's not the point I'm making. Yeah. But uh, I'm agreeing with with your statement that that God innately puts there's something about humanity that it it it, it can't help but bear the image of God, either rightly or that's wrongly. That's the imago day yeah. in society, and, I, and that's where we find it. Now that's important because <clears throat> men and women, regardless of how the plumbing is wired. Right. Both bear this. Yes. They are both made in the image of God, Genesis one twenty seven. So as man is supposed, is supposed to be leading and exercising that dominion and service to God, he is doing so as a bearer of the image of God. As the woman is coming alongside and aiding help and support and encouragement in that work, she is also doing so while bearing the image of God. There is no greater than, less than. There is no gradation there. There is simply a standing of humanity before God as image bearers, okay? That's step one. But we're different. Yeah, obviously. We are different. Anybody who has graduated, like I said, middle school science understands that we're different. Right. But that's not the only place that our differences lie, which is why I said I get in trouble when I say this stuff. And <clears throat> I was in a, a, um, a much more egalitarian church once upon a time and actually had an argument with some of the ladies in a women's Bible study about this. And so I will say this to people who disagree with me. Men and women on the whole are not just plumbed different. They are wired differently. The way we think through problems, the way we react to external stimulus, the way we react to pressure, the way we react to success and to failure, those are all innately different because men and women are different and have been assigned by God's decree different roles in his creation. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, that is not to say there are not outliers. So are there men who are more comfortable coming alongside and not taking the lead in their families? Yes. More and more today, yeah. Now, I would argue that that, the, that as that becomes more widespread, that is a disordered desire. That's a problem. That is men not exercising and walking in godliness. 
but are there men on the whole, or are there, are there always going to be outliers for men that are more comfortable than that by nature? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Just like are there women who by their nature – is there, are there always going to be outliers who, by their nature, are just a little bit more take charge than the average girl? Yeah, right. Yes. It, it just depends on how they, they came up. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have reasons for Some the way of that they is, behave. And, and, yeah. and I would argue that as that grows in a society, that yeah. is an example of a disordered society sure. where you're teaching women that they are to be like men. And if you want to see the fruit of that, mm. if you want to see just from a cultural perspective, strokes and heart disease. Go look up the numbers in the United States and Western civilization. Okay. The more we have encouraged women to be like men in that regard, you know what's happened to them? They yeah. die. Strokes and heart, heart, heart attacks and heart disease increase. Mm. And it increases stress. at a higher rate than in women because women don't bear stress the same way men do. Right. They, just, they just don't. They don't bear it physically. Well, they don't bear it emotionally. Right. There's that. And then there are guys who for lack of better words are out there sowing their seeds <coughs> making babies but never sticking around exactly and, and that's a disordered society right. and so mom be- has to be dad too and what happens when and what do we know about every society oh, smack my microphone sorry what do we know about every society where that happens what is the end result for children it's disaster oh it's absolutely disaster because once again what's my point what is that child grown up with a bunch of mamas right as my father-in-law would say you need to get them away from the mamas <laughs> There's a well. They have to have the example of their father yes. in their life, and that's that's a big component that's missing in a lot of our children. I, I spent a lot of time um, in the juvenile detention center, and I would work with these kids. And the common denominator no was dad. no dad, no dad. And if there was a dad, he was locked up across town. And what ends up happening is the reason why you see crime rates spike in that population and you even see recidivism in that pop- population, they get busted, they get out, they get busted, they get out, right. is because what is it, what's happening? They're institutionalized. Well, it's not just that. It's worse. It's, it's more fundamental than that. They are innately trying to exercise their masculinity, their manhood as given by God. But because they have no good example of it, they're doing it in a broken way. Right. Which leads to a violation of the social order rather than a fortification right. of the social order. There's that. And then there's when men exercise their authority and their influence over other people, they they use them because they – in they, our society – They do it sinfully. They do it sinfully. They use them because they think that children aren't going to be punished like adults. And in our society, that's that's flip-flopping because the judges weren't taking it anymore, and the kids were getting the books thrown at them. Yeah, the beating shall continue until morale improves. And so, it, you know, when your society is broken and men aren't stepping up and discipling and teaching and training their children in the way that they should go, they're going to do it in a way that does not honor God. And, and we have entire generations locked up for what? Because the, the dad didn't take mm-hmm. control of his responsibility. And again, that... That aggression that you see in teenage boys is a is a broken is going to be exposed in some way. Right. It's supposed to be expressed in a godly manner. It's supposed to be expressed in solving problems, standing for truth, discipling the next generation, standing in the gap against the darkness. That's how that uh, that innate aggression is supposed to be expressed. It's not expressed in that way because they're not discipled in that way, and this again becomes the big problem. The disordering of society is a breakdown of a, of a fundamental understanding of the roles of men and women. And you're going to see this get worse in society as we try to blur the lines on what's a man and what's a woman. Mm. I mean, the story a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you saw it, the, the two girls that killed an Uber driver. Mm. Um, 13 and 15-year-old, oh, wow. they tried to carjack him, oh, no. and he fought with them, and they got into the car, and he was hanging on, and so they just gunned it. And threw him off, and he hits a wall and hits the sidewalk. He was in D.C., I think, and he's and he's dead. Mm. Or the story, I, oh, I don't remember where it was now, of the police officer that shot the girl, shot the 16-year-old girl. Wielding the knife. Because she had a knife attacking another 15, 16-year-old girl. And she See, meant to do harm. If I, but if I told you, <clears throat> first blush, if you didn't know anything about the stories, if I told you 13- and 15-year-old carjacked an Uber guy and ended up killing him. What gender are they? A guy. 16-year-old shot by police because he was wielding a knife and trying to stab another 16-year-old. Who's involved? Well, 
You wouldn't know me. If you don't know anything else, what would you assume? You'd think it was a guy. you think it's a couple of dudes going at it. The fact that you're seeing this amongst women is the fruit of us not defining what it means to be a woman, even in a cultural sense. And what I mean by that is every society up until literally, what, 60 years ago, had a distinction between men and women. Yeah, and I think it's it's also antinomianism or lawlessness in our well, society, it is. and 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 yes, it it comes from it has to start somewhere, and I think I think it starts at the at home in the family and Agreed. the lack of I think that's what the point you're making is, well, that, it is. that the fathers aren't it's but discipling there's no, their but children. There's no, and, when you talk about but you talked about the word the antinomianism, mm-hmm. anti-law living, rebellion against God, mm-hmm. the way you're seeing that rebellion take itself out now in our society. Is again, every society up until really Western civilization, let me do my math, 60 to 70 years ago, so mid-1950s, 1960s, Mm -hmm. until that point in Western civilization, basically every society on planet Earth acknowledged that there's men and there's women, and they are different. They are built differently, and they function differently. The way the rebellion is being expressed now is, no, 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 no. No, they're not. Yeah, you see it every day. And that's a rebellion against the created order. God created them. Male and female, he created them. They are equal in standing before him as the Imago Dei. But he did create them with different roles, different jobs, and therefore different motivations and wiring in order to accomplish those different jobs. When we reject that, what we're saying is God doesn't know what he's doing, and we are warring and shaking our fist against him. Undermining the differences between men and women is not enlightened, and it is not intelligent. It is rebellious sin in action. On a grand scale. We're and, seeing more of it in our country, and I think that's what this is all about today. And but, that's my point. Yeah. So now let's, now let's let's make sure we understand what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about the differences between men and women, I'm not sitting here going, so men, put your daughters in a skirt and demand that they stay there. That's not the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. But do teach her that it is okay to be a girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I joke with my daughter. Like she, every once in a while she'll get in this argument. I'm like, why are you – oh, wait, never mind. You're a woman. <laughs> And she gives me the look, and we laugh, and then we talk about what's going on, and I explain things to her. But the reason I do that is, one, it's funny, but two, she needs to know that there's a difference between her and her brother. There's an actual, fundamental difference between her and her brother. So she'll look at me, why did he do that? He's a dude. This is how he thought about it. Mm -hmm. Why did he think about it like that? He's a dude. That's how dudes think about it. She's eight. She needs to know at eight years old that her at eight and her brother at ten, there's a difference in the way they view the world simply because they're men and women. Yeah, right. There's a difference between how I deal with a problem and how her mother deals with a problem because there's a difference between men and women. That's part of this. When you lose that, what you're actually again saying is God doesn't know what he's doing. God doesn't know how he's ordaining the planet. God doesn't know how he's working and functioning amongst his own creation. We have to actually be willing to say no. I'm a guy. She's not. Therefore, there are different ways that we view this problem. There are different ways that we think about this problem. There are different ways that we seek to solve this problem. doesn't make one better or worse than the other. It means that they're different. And the beauty of that interworking relationship is that I give my two cents, she gives hers, and then you know what we do? We figure out how to meet in the middle and make it work because that's when we're functioning the best. Which is, again, why when we talked about marriage, I don't say, guys, we talked about this. You don't club her over the back of the head, drag her back to the cave, and go, me, man, you, woman, you shut up and listen. Yeah. Guys should talk to their wives. They should talk to the women around them. They should take advice. Absolutely. But know that they will be responsible before God for the decisions that they make. Hmm. We all will. Agreed. Yeah. But specifically, when it comes to leading a family, leading a church, leading in society, men will bear a higher responsibility before God for that. Therefore, they should bear the weight of that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we look at the women and go, well, you're not going to answer to God for what goes on in our church, so you don't get an input. No, no, no. I need some input. I need some wise counsel because there might be a way you're seeing this that I'm not. All right. But then recognize that we have a decision to make, and we make it with full light, with full 
cooperation. Right. This is how this is supposed to work. And when we reject those things, we create – we actually create the animosity and the adversity because by trying to blur the lines between men and women and create no distinctions, we actually make it harder because we expect them to think like us. And they expect us to think like them. And that's where you get the stupid joke where the wife is like, well, I want him to want to do this, but he doesn't. Tell him, mm-hmm. and he'll do it because he loves you. <laughs> right. Why can't he just know how I feels? Because he's a dude. And that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, not even a little bit. Right. I mean, what guys should, should ask, um, but I, I know that I, I often <laughs> – I, I don't know that there's a problem until you tell me. Exactly. You know? and, that's, and I want to fix the problem, but you got to tell me. The fact that that's going on is a product of this blurring that I'm talking about. Yeah. We expect each other to operate just the same. We're not the same. Right. We are different. And if you talk to a member of the opposite sex for more than 10 minutes, honestly, you will discover really quick that they view the world through a different lens. It doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it wrong. It just means it's different. That is how God has made them. That is how God has innately wired that gender to think and operate. That's a blessing because as we come together, we now operate in service to God rightly. Now, why is this such a big deal? Well, I think we've covered a lot of why this is such a big deal. You want to hear something frightening? Yes, let's hear it. All right, you ready? This is a White House press release. This is found on whitehouse.gov. I'm not making this one up. I'm not taking it out of context. This is the official White House release of the president's remarks. It was in the middle of his remarks on Equal Pay Day, which is a whole different canard altogether that we're not even going to try to get into right now. All right. Let me make one more point. This is Biden. You're going to like this. You know, I've told my daughters – and granddaughters, from the time they got old enough to understand what I was saying. And I mean it. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. Okay. Once upon a time, in my pagan days, there was a comedian that I enjoyed named Eddie Griffin. Don't listen to Eddie Griffin. It will not do you good. No. But he was making comment about this. Women always say, I can do what you can do. All right, you know what? Write your name in the snow. You can do what I can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which the joke, that, it's, it's actually a joke I make with my wife all the time. She'll ask me this question about like paint schemes and colors of something, and I'd be like, nope, nope, I still pee standing up, so I don't know anything about that, nor do I care. <laughs> and she just looks at me like, like which, dress, which shoes go better with this dress? Nope. Still a guy. Still don't care. <laughs> I get in trouble when I answer questions like that, so I kind of I do the same thing. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Now, why do I point that out? Because what we've been talking about, there is a fundamental difference between men and women. Like, why will a guy wear brown shoes and, bla- and a black belt? Because that's like the one fashion rule that I know. Because he doesn't care. He doesn't care because he and can. It, and it doesn't – like, why is he wearing blue socks with black shoes? Because he doesn't care and he hasn't thought about it. And every woman looking at him is like, I can't believe he did that. That's why in your lifetime, if you ever left your zipper down. I'm looking for my socks. (laughs) (laughs) As an adult, I guarantee you in your entire lifetime, if you've ever left your zipper down, more often than not, you know who's pointed it out to you? A woman. Hmm. Because she was looking at your outfit. No other dude was looking at your outfit because no other dude cared. Cared. Because we're different. And that's a silly example, but this is what I'm talking about right here. There's not a single thing that a man can do that a woman can't do and do it better. Arm wrestling for 500, Alex. Mm. <laughs> I mean – Well, yeah, we're physically stronger. That's, but it's a fundamental difference in how we deal with the world and how we see the world. It's not good or bad. It's just Different, And one of the things we've got to get really comfortable with in this world is saying that different does not equal sin. Sin equals sin. Different doesn't equal sin. We're talking circles again. (laughs) But this is the problem. Mm -hmm. Men and women are different. Why? God made them different on purpose. Well, you see... When I hear things like you just read, 
I know that there's something a lot more insidious behind what he said. Oh, I do too. So it's not just about uh, a woman able to do an engineering job, for example, like I, I don't do. care. You know, as good as I can. Yes, there are some very smart women yeah, out that's there. That's not that the point that we're ever making. Ever bit as smart. That's not the point he was making either. No, it's not. It's not. It. It. it the point he's making is that, that gender. Yes. Gender is is not a thing anymore. And the reason why that becomes so important is because, again, we've said this already. When you blur those lines and you reject the place that God has created in the way that he has ordained, you are not just saying, I have a different take on creation. You're saying God got it wrong. You are saying that what he has built is broken, and the way he has built it is not right. That's exactly what you're saying. And that's the then that's what's going been, on in society. We've been kind of beating around the bush here. We, I mean, we've been talking about some deep stuff, but that that is the heart of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, pagans be pagan, and you, you always say I keep that. Saying that, but and I'm going to um, keep saying that. And, and they don't they they don't believe in a god. Yeah, most so, of them don't. They, so let's get let's get back to your point, though. So are we saying that women cannot excel in the academic setting? No, no. I'm saying that women will attack the academic setting in a way different than men. And if you've been in a college campus and you've been in a classroom for any length of time, you will know that that is true. Men and women will react to success and failure in a classroom differently. They will react to success and failure in the athletic field differently. Can women not excel athletically? I didn't say that. Women can excel athletically. But they will, they will attack that athletic endeavor in a different manner than men will. They will approach it differently. They will think about it differently because they're different. They're wired Differently. That's again neither good nor bad. It's simply a fact of existence. Right. And to deny that is to say, God, bite me. Yeah, yeah, there's no God and I hate him. Ex- yeah, there was no king in Israel in those days and everyone did what was right in his own yeah, eyes. Yeah. That's right. exactly what it is. Or as what I like to say, the uh, borrow the old uh, answers in Genesis, it's climbing up into God's lap to slap him in the face. It's borrowing from his worldview to reject him and war against him. That's what's going on in society. So, Christian, the starting point is not, we crazy Baptists don't think women should be astronauts. Look, that's a whole different conversation. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Just recognize that when you have two astronauts and one's a dude and one's a chick, there's going to be a difference in the way they think, the way they attack problems, and the way they got there. Simply because they themselves are different. Right. And I t- what astounds me is I'm sitting here going, I have to keep clarifying that the fact that I'm saying that men and women are different. Because it's controversial. Right. Up until literally 50 years ago in Western civilization, that was not controversial anywhere on the planet at any time. Right. That's how broken we are as a society. That's why understanding your Bible, understanding the foundations we stand upon, and thinking through them in the world is so important. When Biden says something this inane, oh, there's no difference between men and women. Sit down, you blithering idiot. Well, he's pandering to the LGBT community. He is. But we should be able to say, that's dumb. What's the rule? Yeah, well, let's not do dumb things. Don't do dumb things. That's the rule. That's always the rule. That that rule is always in effect from now until after Jesus comes back. When I, Jesus comes back, that rule will still be in effect. I, you know, honestly, I, I can't believe we're evaluating anything the man said uh, or, or well, has said. He he speaks out of both sides of his mouth on uh, half the time. I don't think he knows wh- what agree, he's talking about. But what he is what he is very good at is being a mouthpiece for the spirit of the age. Right. For being a mouthpiece right. for the prince of the power of the air, and that's what he's doing. That that's not his word. That's the serpent in the garden slithering his garbage back out into public. Yeah, has God really said? The attack, though. Here's the thing. This is now. All right, let's come full circle because we got to land this plane. Okay. The reason why this becomes so important is Christian. What's the attack? The attack is that's dumb. Here's why it's dumb. You are fundamentally rejecting the most obvious truth in human history, which is that God is. He has created, and He has created us differently. Right. That's fundamental. That is foundational. If we can't look and go, that's a man, that's a woman, they're different. Pack up the bus, go home, there's nothing left to talk about here. Because what we're literally arguing about is reality. We are sitting in the snow in our bathing suit going, man, this day at the beach is awesome. 
You're being an idiot. It's cold. Put on yeah. your burka. Um, what, what's that? Your parka. Parka, yeah. yeah. I almost said burka. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could do that too. <laughs> well, you... that would be warm. It looks like you would keep the snow off of you. Pun. I got stuck between poncho and parka and ended up with burka. Wrap your brain around that oh, one. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. No, that's stupid. Conversely, that's like going to the Bahamas in July and sitting there in a snowsuit with goggles on and be like, why am I sweating to death on this ski slope? Because you're not living in reality. When you say there's no difference between men and women, what you're saying is, I don't like reality. It's that joke from Mythbusters with the guy, I reject your reality and substitute my own. That's not how this works. He oh, was saying man. it jokingly because yeah. he was talking about physics. Right. You can't reject physics. They right. simply are. Exactly. There are absolute truths. Yeah. And this is one of them. Why? Because God creates, and this is how he has created. How do I know that? Because he told us. He made us. In his image, but he made us differently so that we would express ourselves and express the jobs that he has given us differently. Because we have a different responsibility and a different calling that should be lived out. Now, does that mean that men can't do the helping work? No. Does that mean at points that women aren't going to do the leadership work? No. But what it means is on the whole, we are going to function differently because we have different standings in the calling we have before God. Right. Shouldn't be controversial, but in 2021 in Western civilization, congratulations, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad today. All right. We yes. got a Bible study we got to get to. Yes, sir. So what have we learned here today, children? Men and women are different. Mm. Men and women are equal before God. Gender differences are right and good and ordained by God. If anybody tries to get you to stand anywhere else, yell pagan and start preaching preaching the gospel immediately. <laughs> it's you got to do the Billy Crystal thing from Princess Bride oh. when he when he says that you know when he the, when they start complaining and his wife comes out and goes liar. Oh, liar! I remember now. Yes, yeah. yes. When she runs out and yells that if you've never seen Princess Bride, watch the Princess Bride. It will do you good. So when the pagan tells you there's no difference between gender, go pagan. Jesus died for sinners. <laughs> <laughs> and then get to the gospel and start start evangelizing. It will do you good. All right. Questions, comments. Anybody tries that, let me know. Yes, please. I want video. <laughs> I want video. Questions, comments, complaints, and info at practicaltheologyministries.com. Check out all the good stuff there. Again, we're going to camp here on humanity for a little while because I think it's going to be good. We're going to dig into how this uh, functions in the family a little bit and how this functions in ecclesiology in the next couple weeks because these are things that we're actually dealing with as a convention right now okay. in what may be my last Southern Baptist convention. So we're going to see how that goes when I get there. So that's where we're going to park for the next few weeks here. We hope to see you guys again. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye.